Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hello and welcome to Pancreas Pals. I'm Emily. And I'm Christy. We're just two gals in our 20s trying to live our best type 1 diabetic lives. Every week we tackle a new topic from the diabetic perspective. Although we offer tips, we are not medical professionals, but we also offer plenty of anecdotes and general thoughts about how to embrace the type 1 lifestyle on your own terms. It's not always easy to do through all of the literal highs and lows, but it does help to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hey guys, welcome to Pancreas Pals. It's Emily here. And Christy. And today we have a very special guest. We have Rob Ho. I'm tell me if I'm mispronouncing your last name. Oh no, Probably you should did. clarify you got that. Me. Yes. Okay, so he is the founder of Diabetics Doing Things. It is a blog and podcast. He is a former Washington general where he played professional basketball and he's been diabetic for 13 years. So he's got quite the resume and he's going to talk to us a little bit about managing diabetes with, you know, being all pro at various things. So welcome, Rob. We're excited to have you. Well, I'm excited to be here. Uh, my last name is pronounced How, but that's okay. I'll let you guys, I'll get you guys <laughs> slide on that. Um, I just was having like PTSD my of my dad doing this like very non-PC, like raising his hand to be like How, like a Native American like greeting, uh, <laughs> explaining it to people. So I had to get that out, but I'm super excited to no, be here. My bad. And uh, I love what you guys do. And uh, I'm really kind of excited to be on the other side of the mic uh, today. Yeah, that must be a good change of pace for you. Um, do you want to just jump right in and give us a little bit of background about your athletic career, if you will? Yeah, sure. So um, my whole life, I wanted to be a basketball player. That was uh, that was my dream. That was what I always thought about, uh, even before I was diagnosed. Um, when I was 16, I in the middle of my, I guess, sophomore year of high school, I was still pretty much pursuing, I was really starting the like elite portion of my basketball career where I was sort of done growing, growing into like my man body, I guess, and like becoming more athletic <laughs> um, because I was always really skinny. I'm like 6'6", six, six, and um, I was fully grown at that point, but I lost a bunch of weight halfway through the year, and I thought it was just because I was like in great shape. Um, but then started feeling even worse, like New Year's Eve came around, typical symptoms, and I got diagnosed with type 1. Uh, was in the hospital, but like right away they were like, my f- the first thing I thought was like, oh no, now I can't play basketball. Um, That's awful. And, and yeah, that like that was the thought because I was right. I was diagnosed. My official diagnosis came at the hospital, but I went to an emergency care first of all, and it's about a twenty minute drive, just me and my mom. And I remember like all the everything hitting me on that drive, and it was just like very emotional twenty five minutes, where right. we didn't really talk. Not, my mom and I had a, have a great relationship, but we didn't really talk on that drive. It was just like a very heavy moment, uh, and I was just crying. And I didn't. I thought that it was done. My the, the thing that I love, I still love the most. I think um, was taken away from me. And then it was very, it was very quickly into my time at Children's Medical Center in Dallas, which is a fantastic hospital, and I had no idea of that at the time. But they reassured me that whatever dream I had for my life was still within reach, as long as I took care of myself. So. 
I think right there for me, the biggest thing was like, okay, I, I just made the decision instantly that this is what I wanted to do. So everything that I had to do for my diabetes, I was like all over it. So, I mean, that was kind of my, that was kind of my journey at the time. So I was 16 and I, I like to joke now that I, I never really was a good basketball player when I didn't have diabetes. <laughs> so, you know, at life after diagnosis for me was the most exciting times of my basketball career, whether it was, um, you know, being the best player on my high school team or, you know, winning all those like awards that you get in high school when nothing really matters and then going to college and like sort of getting slapped in the face with reality uh, and really learning what it was like to work hard to trying to grind it out as a pro um, both here in the U.S. and then overseas and then with the Harlem Globetrotters. You know, those things are like some of the happiest times of my life. And I just had diabetes as a, as it was just my partner in crime, like walking with me step by step by step. Um, so yeah, I guess we can dive into sort of each of those, but that's the general, the general sentiment of the whole story. That's awesome. Um, were there, the first question I have is how did you manage your numbers, so to speak, while you were honeymooning and in high school and, you know, trying to juggle all of those fun things like dating and being an awkward teenager and being, you know, really active with basketball. Yeah. Did so, you have to like sit out any games? Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me, like from the honeymoon perspective, I don't know if you guys remember this, but when you get diagnosed, like, I don't know, there's always that little bit of denial, but for me, it, it kind of came into full focus when they gave me like two saline bags, which my body just drank up super fast and a bunch of insulin. And I just felt so much better. So I think it was the first, you know, my, my honeymoon numbers were incredible. It was so easy to manage everything. It was like clear that this was what I had, you know, and, and I had needed insulin and, and, you know, water, be able to retain water for a long time. So I remember it was like before I played my first game, uh, I was like in the gym, just kind of like I, I wasn't allowed to practice yet for like a week um, until everything kind of we figured every how to manage everything. And so I was just like in the gym and I like grabbed the ball and just like dunked it really hard. And I was like, oh, wow, I feel so good right now. Like this is so I think at that point I was like, OK, well, I can get through this honeymoon phase. And, you know, whatever the whatever the outcome is going to be, I feel I feel like I'm on the right track now. I'm, there's no more setbacks in terms of how my body feels. Um, and, and I knew I was like, OK, well, if, if this is, you know, the the spectrum for how I'm going to feel like I think I'm going to be okay that's such a relief Um, oh my gosh yeah the huge relief um and I'm like a pretty energetic like happy guy so you know being able to feel like myself again was a big relief a a big um I, I felt more confident in my even in my diabetes navigating those moments like injecting your pens around your friends for the first time um, all that's all that fun stuff. Yeah, and, and you know, testing your blood sugar in front of people, or you know, feeling confident making those types of decisions. Uh, in terms of dating, I don't have any great stories. Uh, in terms of like, <laughs> it's you know, okay. awkward, awkward first dates where I'm like, hey, like I have diabetes, is that okay? Um, but okay. I do remember having I mean, conversations. I think I had a- uh, my my current girlfriend. I never really. I think it was just like always there. We met later in life, but. Uh, in high school, maybe just like, a, you know, I went to a small school, so it wasn't really there. I think in college, like going on a date, like an official date with a girl like out for, I think it was like payway or something really fancy, you know? Um, <laughs> but I remember being like, hey, like I have diabetes, like I'm going to check my blood sugar. Like if you're grossed out by blood, like 
don't pass out. Look away. Uh, yeah. Uh, or also, anyway, like, don't date me. So, but um, <laughs> payway. I mean, obviously, I took her to payway. It was like a big deal. So um, she got over it. <laughs> I mean, going on an actual date in college is a big deal, regardless of the restaurant. I feel like maybe it's just being a millennial. Who knows? <laughs> oh yeah, like going off campus. Like it was. It was a sound the alarm. It was a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, damn. So, just in terms um, of traveling and everything, did you ever have? kind of an unexpected low that did hold you back at any kind of sporting event or anything like that? I, I don't know if it was a, because I, I think in college, I when, when I was choosing which college to go to um, and going on visits and stuff, I was I made it a point to like meet with the training staff. So um, my trainers um, and, you know, major shout out to all of them, four in particular, uh, Brian, who's like the head trainer, Amy, uh, Jenny, and John Michael, who were my, you know, really my best friends in the athletic department throughout my time in college. They... You went to Colorado, right? So I went to University of Colorado at Colorado Springs. So um, okay. it's like the, you know, smaller satellite campus to CU Boulder. Um, awesome. But awesome place. And um, and I, went, I wanted to make sure that they knew, like, if we worked together and we communicated that we were going to have a great experience together, right? So um, I certainly had to pull myself out of, you know, a hundred practices at different points to treat a low or a high. Um, but they had my kit right there and my, you know, I switched to a pump halfway through college. So um, I was on multiple daily injections my freshman and sophomore year, then transitioned to a pump. Um, for my junior and senior year and so they had either my kit with my pens there or my or my pump right there and I would just come in figure out what I needed to do and keep going and I think only only once did you know it really take me out of a practice where my coach was like pissed at me and I like you know there's nothing I can do so I you know I there was this you know story where he was just mad because he was an asshole uh, I don't know. Can I cuss? Yeah. Can I cuss on this podcast? Sorry. Um, oh, trust me. Yes, we all do. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. That ship um, has but sailed. He. Um, <laughs> yeah, that ship has sailed. You guys have the explicit mark now, and I do. Um, mm, so. Yeah. <laughs> he was sort of just like an old school type guy, um, and so I think he and he also had a really high pitched voice when he yelled. So I took myself out like twenty minutes into a pretty hard practice, and he was like, oh, "Is that all we're gonna get out of you?" Um, and, uh, well, yes, and I, sir. And I was like, for that, for that time, like, yeah, for the next hour, I think I was out that day. But one moment in particular, like a, one of those unexpected curveballs that diabetes throws at you is we were on an away game. I think it was my senior or junior year. And my battery had died in my pump. And I didn't have a... Which s- pump did you have, by the way? Sorry so to interrupt. I, I, still have, I still have the same kind. I don't, it, it wasn't this one specifically, but it was a... a uh, Medtronic Mini Med Revel, Paradigm Revel. So okay, cool. looks like the pager. Yeah. So um, I'm really excited. I'm getting a 670 uh, Medtronic here in the next couple weeks. So this will be. Is that the closed loop? That is the closed loop one. So, oh my God, um, keep me I'm posted. About to majorly upgrade my technology. Is that with the, the Medtronic sensor? They haven't integrated the Dexcom for that, have they? They have not. So it, it's still with the, the Medtronic sensor for now. That's exciting, though. Let me know how that goes. I'm Omnipod all the way. I can't do tubes. Anyways, continue. Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so 
So my battery died, uh, so it's like a triple-A battery, but we were playing a game in Denver, and we had another game in Denver the next day, Or, uh, but we were driving back to Colorado Springs. It's about an hour, but after a game, my blood sugar was usually high, uh, just because of like the cortisol, the adrenaline, the stress, like um, just you know everything that you've been preparing for. You have 20 games, like it's a high-pressure situation. So I needed to have insulin delivery from that time so I, I made the bus like stop at a gas station on the way home which sounds like a big deal it really wasn't but um you know for me at the time i had to have the confidence to say hey team i need to stop everybody and go and get this battery and i and i think um in a different situation if i hadn't had that relationship with them and i hadn't gone over that beforehand it could have been weird but they were very supportive of it, and uh, my teammates obviously all knew me, so it wasn't too big of a deal. Um, but, you know, just adding that to the agenda, having that confidence. That's good that you were comfortable to do that, though. That's something I think, if I was stopping a group of people, I think I would hesitate. People that I'm close with one-on-one, I kind of don't mind pointing out something to them. But if it was a big group, like a bus full of people, I think I might be intimidated right out of that. Yeah, I think it, you know, it all comes down to... And I won't say that I didn't hesitate. Uh, I certainly was walking through, like, you know, the scenarios. I could have probably waited the hour, two hours. But I also wanted to eat. And I knew we always went to, like, a post-game meal. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you want me to motivate me to do anything, uh, you know, use food as a motivator. So um, I think that was probably, (laughs) like, hey, we're about to go eat. I need to give myself a shot or a bolus through my pump. So... Uh, I'm going to need a battery, so let me just stop at this gas station real quick and do that. And I think, so that was, it was like personal care, so I think I always prioritized over everybody's feelings. I knew that if I just bit the bullet on this this one time, some people might be upset that we have to stop for five minutes, but once they realize that it's really important, they'll be okay. Yeah. So yeah, I think like priority. I think that's a... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I think that's a good outlook on life. Like, I know I'm never... I also that my personality is not shy or hesitant at all, but I when it comes to diabetes, which is still fairly new for me, I've only had it for around three years. Um, it's it's still a learning curve, and I think it's important to realize that for your teammates, I'm sure it was still a learning curve because every year you get new teammates, right? So, it's it's a new thing for them to look at. So it sounds like you handle it really well, and were able to explain it to them in terms that they'd understand, aka food, because everyone loves food. Yeah, and I think communication has always been something that I, I I would say is a really good skill of mine in terms of explaining things to people. Um, I had an interview for a job, I guess, you know, four or five years ago now, but uh, it was impromptu. I didn't really go into it, you know, expecting to have a job interview. So I was like pretty casually dressed, like really relaxed and kind of blasé. And they asked me about what, what my best skill was, and I was like, well, I, and this is the exact example I used. I could talk to a, <laughs> like a crack dealer on the corner or an executive in the boardroom, and that was the, the way I explained it. And, uh, oh, God. <laughs> and, like, and it still had like, the same level of rapport explaining whatever it is to <laughs> So I was like, I'm a good communicator. So um, I've never had a conversation with a crack dealer, to my knowledge, but that was the example. But you could, I and I think that's <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, I think I, I would not try a place it. Of judgment. You know? uh, so, I got the job. Long story short, um, I, I also used another. Later. Another. Yeah, this is way off topic, but another 
example I used to describe myself in that interview because I was, I don't know what I was on that day in terms of like my confidence level, but I just felt really good. Um, <laughs> when Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal was signed with the Miami Heat in 2004, he did this interview press conference and he said, I'm like toilet paper and other amenities proven to be good. And so I used that quote in that interview. Like, oh, so why should I hire you? I was like, oh, I'm like toilet paper and other amenities proven to be good. And, I, you know, <laughs> I, you can't really argue with that philosophy. Like, toilet paper is good. Um, so I'm just going to compare myself to something like that. Make yourself indispensable. Yeah, literally. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Um, but back back to diabetes a little bit here. Yeah, can Not I ask? I love that tidbit. Can I ask a question? Oh, go ahead, Christy. Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Did you ever come across any other Type One athletes during your travels, or a teammate, or anything like that, or was this something that you always kind of had to explain to everyone around you? Oh my gosh, I wish. Um, I never had a teammate. I never encountered anybody at like a tryout. I've still never like met another basketball player like in person or had another conversation with another basketball player um except actually that's not true i have talked to adam morrison who was like my childhood hero uh, who played for gonzaga and in the nba talked to him for about 15 minutes he did agree to come on the podcast on diabetics doing things but he hates the press and is also like lives really in a remote part of washington because he can anyway so i haven't had him on (laughs) i haven't had the discussion but um, and I've never had a teammate, but I'd like to, and I'm, I'm working on a couple other interviews as well with pro guys who are who are type one. So, no, I never did. Um, I wanted to. I, I did an interview with a couple guys who are teammates on the Columbia football team, um, and that interview will be launching in a couple weeks. But it was cool to see like somebody who knew what you were going through and sort of backed up all of your crazy claims because like throughout you know i missed a couple like serious practices because they were so intense that my blood sugar went too high and i had to step out like uh, or my blood sugar would crash after a weird eating day and i had to step out of a drill or something and i know that even my close teammates and like uh, guys who were you know like my brothers still like they thought about it they're like okay like is this a real thing or is rob just like stepping out of this drill because he can it's really hard um, no I mean the entire foundation of this podcast is the idea that it's so much easier to talk to someone who actually knows as much as you can have support systems that understand as best they can there's nothing quite like talking to someone who really just gets it <laughs> yeah it, uh, I mean even the other day there's a guy in my building so I guess is the closest thing uh, I work in a big building in downtown Dallas and one of my uh, co-workers saw his, like, pump tubing because he was wearing his shirt tucked in because he works at, like, a, you know, a corporate real estate firm, so he's all fancy. So <laughs> his pump tubing is sticking out of his pocket, and she's like, oh, my gosh, like, that's, Rob has some pump tubing. So she came back and talked to me. I was like, oh, did you, like, talk to him and, like, talk, and, like get his name or where he works? And she's like, no. Uh, she's like, why would I introduce myself to a stranger? So some time <laughs> goes by, um, and we encounter the guy again like but this time i'm with him and so she like sees he's like oh that's him you see like you see his pump and so i of course just walked over to him i was like hey man like and i had my pump in my hand i was like hey like look i have a pump and he's like 
oh hey cool and so it's like you guys said you instantly have this like pal that you like oh we have so much in common did we just become best friends type of relationship response which is super rare like you introduce yourself to a stranger 99 times out of 100 you're not going to have that response but because you have this in common it's like a very cool thing you literally know each other's pain (laughs) i think that's like a big a big factor in why you know pals become pals like christy and i would have been friends we were actually just talking about this the other day we would have been friends but i don't know if we would have been as close had i not just shared i like like, my entire medical history with her when you said you were also type one i just wanted to curl up in your lap you were my first pancreas pal in college i had gone three years really just not communicating the most tender thing you've ever said to me (laughs) it was just such a it was just such a relief because I know always in that class, it's just my time of day, like when between the hours of three and five, actually three to the end of the day, I just am so prone <laughs> to dropping super easily. And I always had to walk home from that class because the tea would be ridiculous that time of day. So, you know, it was nice to just break out a snack, give you a nice eyebrow raise so you knew what was going on, and then just get back to schoolwork. <laughs> it was just nice. Christian. Yeah, Christy and I went to Boston University, and we lived on opposite side of campus from where we often had class, so there were many lows post that class, in case you wanted to sympathize, Rob, but... <laughs> no, I did. Oh. Like, I think, I'm, I'm thinking back to the first type one pal in the wild that I ran across. <laughs> Out in the um, wild. Yeah. And I was, uh, <laughs> back to food, I mean, almost everything tracks back to food with me, but I'm... Uh, I was at a Same. Chipotle grand opening, like across the street from campus. And, my dream. Oh my gosh, it was what a great day because they give away free burritos, but the line is exactly. like around the building. So I think I was there for my like second stop of the day. Um, <laughs> even saw my my asshole college basketball coach there because he you know he respects burritos. Burritos are the great equalizer. <laughs> but um, true, this guy like I like had my shorts on. My, I was in my college, you know. Uh, college bro uniform just like gym shorts and a tank top like and a hat and like you know baggy clothes anyway um so i had my like pump was in my pocket and my my tubing was out this dude walks by and he's like hey bro like and he, i remember him being like that because in colorado you have your like surf you like you know they're like surfer dudes but they're snowboard bros and so like, that's hilarious he had this like bright colored like flat brim hat on uh like and like fitted hat and like all the you know, anyway he came by he's like hey dude like check this out me too and he just said me too i had no idea what he was talking about <laughs> and, but he had the same even the same pump as me he had like a cool blue one but mine was gray but he uh he was like look man like we're we're diabetes bros and i was like at first like kind of uncomfortable <laughs> about it but uh, I just like loved that guy. Like I, still, I, I like I instantly like knew. Like I hoped that I saw him around again. I never saw him again. But he uh, oh, no. he was just like and this is kind of like this was probably two thousand nine. So you know not you know hey bro like follow me on Instagram add me on Snap or whatever like that wouldn't happen. So uh, I was just right. like yeah man I hope I see you around and then just like he just faded off into the Chipotle sunset and I never saw him again. But I just remember <laughs> like right off the bat like I had so much in common with that guy seemingly like under obviously under the surface because like you never would know um but yeah it's like yeah man i know what you're going through is that the response that you find you get on your own podcast are the do you have people on there that haven't really found their pancreas pal yet 
Uh, sometimes, yeah. Um, I think initially, too, like the first few people that I did uh, interviews with, um, and, and I think, you know, to an extent, like I was that way. Um, I never, it was never something that I was super public about, even though I did like, you know, newspaper interviews or like um, when I was in college, like the, you know, athletic department did like a story on me every year or whatever about having diabetes. But it was something that I just, Every I, year? Did, I didn't Jeez. want to, well, yeah, because they were hurting for content. It's like um, that kid who has a cast in <laughs> class and everyone wants to sign it. Yeah. Like every year, And I think, though. like, I didn't want to be a burden to people. We had an uh, episode on being a burden. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, I would definitely <laughs> want to listen to that because, yeah, I think it's like a, you can wear it, I don't know, it, it's, you can wear it as a heavy burden if you choose to, and it could be a kind of a trap. Um, and I think, you know, people that don't, I don't, I don't know, I had an interesting interaction with somebody who I was like, yeah, I have this, like, great diabetes podcast, and, like, I'm trying to help people with it. And he was like, oh, well, you're just painting yourself into a corner. I was like, wow, you obviously, like, don't know it. You're not hearing anything I'm saying. But um, right. I think the, the, the biggest thing is, like, once I open myself up to this entire awesome world of pancreas pals right like of people who welcome n- knew what i was going through <laughs> uh and could, yeah could, you know not just commiserate but also just like be there and be like yeah like, i relate to that like you know i think ultimately like we all just want to people to hear not just our problems but you know just be a community and and just know that um you know there are other people out there like them going through the same things whether that's highs or lows or sports or whatever because you know those we just need help we need each other we're, we're a community style being um and we thrive on that yeah i think it's tricky just because so it's such a not static condition that you need someone to talk to because i know i always want to celebrate when i'm having a really good day but then if i'm having a bad day i just uh, like i need to tell someone I, I just need to i need to text emily and be like why am i at 300 this makes no sense and i just need the pat on the bat and the reminder to drink water and calm down it's the same <laughs> advice i would give myself but for some reason hearing it from someone else just makes the difference for me i don't know I like to think that it's me. It's my difference that I make for you, Christy. I like to attribute it's your true. Why do you think me? I was so excited when I finally found you? Because I mean, up until Emily, um, I've talked about this a lot, and I definitely need to get into this more in another episode. But I nannied for two summers, um, and the way that I found the kids that I was nannying, the middle child was also type one and a social worker from uh, my old pediatric department whatever um in New Jersey kind of hooked us up and I just I try to still stay in touch with the family I mean partially because I just love the whole family so much but also I like fielding questions even from her mom like sometimes just the second point of view just makes all the difference and I really want to stay in touch so that as she gets older and she starts going through the things that you know, I already have had to go through. It's just kind of comforting to know, like, you are not the first one. You're not doing something wrong on a bad day. Like, sometimes you really just need that reassurance and hearing it from someone else who really knows what they're saying. It just, it's a huge comfort. And I think it's crazy how dependent my numbers are on my stress level 
So the fact that I can just oh, the fact same. that I can just text someone, it takes at least some of the stress off. You know, if it's a bad day, it's a bad day. I'm not trying to put that pressure on you, Emily. But, you know, it, it, it alleviates <laughs> what it can, and I just think that that's really important. I, like, I, I didn't know for so long how, like, the stress and, like, cortisol was, like, scientifically oh, yeah. linked to blood sugar levels. It's my number one, it's, like, my daily. It's my go-to. It's my daily demon, even if I feel rushed in the morning. Like, it's crazy. After, oh, I'm God. telling you, after I sit down, like, a glass of water and taking a literal minute to calm down, I I see such a difference, which is why I'm a little bit obsessive about getting up early and getting places early, because if I feel any extra stress for reasons that I can avoid, it's crazy how much that can affect me, so yeah, I try to avoid that as best I can. So moral of, well, yeah, stress-free life, that's the way to go. It is. I wanted to ask you guys, like, do you guys do any sort of like mindfulness or meditation practice? I am way too impatient um. <laughs> for meditation, but if you consider taking a beat to have the glass of water, water's my cure-all for absolutely everything. That's probably <laughs> as close as I get. If I can just get like a quiet moment, like a cold glass of ice water, I don't know why that has always just been my comfort object. Um, Honestly, like that's the most natural like response to do you meditate? Like, oh yeah, I drink a, I drink a glass of water and have a deep breath. Like that is meditation. Uh, it's interesting though. Yeah. Like, the stigmas that we all put on it. Um, I, for one, am a very, like I said earlier, very energetic, very like high, like energy person. Um, and so I also am a thinker, uh, which is dangerous. So I'm an yeah. overthinker. So <laughs> right yeah. there with you. So uh, I use I use meditation what? to as to help with my anxiety. So it's definitely something that I do because like if I'm getting worked up or something at work or, you know, if I'm on a very crowded subway like I was today and I start feeling panicked, I definitely do a lot of meditation, which does in turn help my numbers, but it's more for my anxiety, I think. Yeah, I think the key well, the key for me is just stepping away from whatever the situation is. Even if, I, if I'm frustrated at my desk, if I'm at like a social gathering and I'm getting anxious or upset for whatever reason, I need to physically move myself even if it's just for a few minutes like take a quick walk that's the best thing for me it's like physically move myself away and then like just catch up with myself it was interesting i was uh i was having a conversation with my mom last week um and i was telling her that i was doing some more interviews on the other side of of the mic and she's like well she's like do you talk about when i made you go outside and it was freezing outside because we couldn't get your and you had the flu because we couldn't get your blood sugar down and i was like no i don't oh I, I don't remember i don't remember that did it work honestly. like uh i think so she's like yeah i made you go outside and play basketball like because you you know we couldn't get your blood sugar down and so it's interesting that like you know moving and like being a kinesthetic person can you know kind of help ease, alleviate tension or um you know adjust your blood sugar levels or just kind of get you back more centered i uh i've talked about this a little bit on my podcast not too much um i guess back in like march or so i i had this incident that i like to call the sandwich incident and Ooh, ominous it's very it sounds very ominous it's seemingly uh simple and i've since had the sandwich again the same sandwich and <laughs> i've you know managed to conquer it so shout out to being really stubborn but 
<laughs> I I, uh, I had the sandwich that on the surface uh, seemed like any other sandwich. Uh, like it wouldn't it wouldn't send me into a blood sugar roller coaster or, or you know put me into a, a tizzy. But uh, I was wrong about that, and I grossly misjudged the carbs that were in it. And I typically eat. Um, you know, a very, uh, a relatively lower carb, you know, pretty healthy, like vegetable, high vegetable, high fat, um, you know, good stuff diet. And this was outside of that. <laughs> and so, but I really wanted it. It sounded good. So anyway, I had the sandwich and it like wrecked my blood sugar for the rest of the afternoon. I was in like the 300s. I felt terrible. I was cursing at the world. I was mad and I was tired and I had like a big night. I also coach and teach improv. So my class had a graduation that night, so I was like, had to be ready for that, had to be like on. So I couldn't get my blood sugar down. And so I was like, okay, well, I feel terrible. I can take a nap or I can work out. And I was like, okay, well, if I take a nap, I'm gonna have to get restarted and this sounds terrible. I'm gonna go work out. So I did. And it made all the difference for me. It was really interesting. Like just going and doing a 30 minute, not even that long, 20 minute, just like get sweaty jump up and down, lift some heavy stuff. I mean, that also alleviates on. stress, just kind of moving yeah, around. Yeah, numbers. It, well, I couldn't, sure? I couldn't have made a better decision because, like, just my energy level, like, my stress, like, my, I, I just felt better. Um, and I know that if I had taken a nap, I wouldn't have, even though I was tired, I wouldn't have felt better. I probably would have taken the nap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you guys. I, I've been in that situation again since then, and I've taken the, the damn nap. If that's one if that's one piece of advice that I would give somebody who, like, is going all the time, firing in all cylinders, likes to have their hand in multiple pots, uh, juggle multiple things, take the nap every now and then. Just treat yourself. I lo- On that Yeah, note, I like that. Yeah. We, we love a good nap antidote, but it is important to you know, stay active. And you definitely have taught us a lot about interesting athletic things. And we really enjoyed having you on. We like to keep these, uh, these podcasts closer to a commute type of length. So I think we're going to start wrapping it up, but we're very happy that you reached out to us and that you came on the show. And you guys, if you want to hear more of Rob Howe, because I mispronounced his last name before and would like to redeem myself, um, head on over to his website, which is diabeticsdoingthings.com, I believe. That's right. And you can follow them on Instagram as well. Same thing, Diabetics Doing Things. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Pancreas Pals. It's actually at Pancreas underscore Pals. Oh, my God. I think that was the first time I've ever messed that up. I'm just flustered thinking about a nap right now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> this is Thank, this thank is you me. so much for coming on. This was, such, this was such a different episode for us. This is something we wouldn't usually cover. So this was such a treat. Thank you so much. In a good way. In a yeah, good way because we're a, not athletic. In a glorious way. This was something we don't usually talk about and mix it up. We appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you guys having me. Um, you, I don't get to be on this side of the microphone very much. Um, and now all of the feedback that people say, oh, I feel like I rambled or I talked too much. Now I totally get that. So um, I appreciate you guys uh, <laughs> being open to having me. And I can't wait to hear uh, how weird my voice sounds uh, in another <laughs> interview format. It's the worst. Your voice sounds normal, but I hate listening to myself. So I definitely feel you there. 
but we wish all of our pals a great week ahead and be sure to keep tuning in and download us on iTunes, head to our website, pancreaspals.com and look out for more episodes on the way. We have some exciting people we're going to talk to the rest of the season, including influencers, maybe some nutritionists here and there, spoiler alert, who knows, but definitely keep your eye on our Instagram, on our Facebook and on our website and check in on iTunes. Thanks again, Rob, and we hope everyone has a great week. Bye-bye. Yay. Okay, bye. Bye, (laughs) Bye.